Cześć everyone, my name is Anita Ulikowska and my name is Anna Siemiączko and we are your local foreigners and this is our first episode ever. Welcome! Welcome! <laughs> uh, we recorded it a while back. Mm, yeah, and since then we've recorded a few more episodes, so there are actually uh, a few episodes available. Um, and we wanted to let you know that you'll probably notice a massive difference in the quality of the first few and the most recent ones. So um, apologies, we were starting out, we didn't have proper gear and the first few episodes are just going to be a little bit quieter. But now we sound completely professional and amazing. So, right. <laughs> uh, so please stick with us, uh, enjoy our first episode and have a look through the other ones. Enjoy! Cześć everyone, my name is Anita. And my name is Anna. We are two Polish girls in the UK. And we're very good friends. Uh, we've been friends for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Ten years? Almost ten years. Say. Almost yeah. ten years. And we decided that we would like to start recording a podcast and start exploring the theme of being a foreigner in London and in the UK in general. And we're going to be talking about all these different subtleties and differences between living in the UK and living in Poland and how living in the UK has impacted us and our Polish souls <laughs> and and actually probably the other way around and also like being in a little bit in the limbo um yeah probably between the two identities absolutely and I often find myself kind of not being neither fully in this country yeah and and Poland and I actually end up feeling foreign as foreign in the UK and Poland and it's interesting how that's a, a mutual experience for so many for so many people of many different nationalities so mm. I think yeah um, hopefully you can relate to uh, what we've been experiencing and what we uh, think about and how exactly how um, how how we construct and kind of struggle with our identity mm-hmm. um, and actually that way I think we're doing an amazing thing because there's not that many I haven't even heard of a podcast of someone non-English person mm-hmm. doing podcasts in English in England mm-hmm. and and I you know you go outside in London and you hear so many accents mm-hmm. uh, anywhere in Warwick like anywhere and all your friends are from all over the place and they're in relationship with people from all over the place and yet you don't hear that on the radio you don't hear that on tv really you don't hear that on podcasts yeah and it's almost i think that was part of our aim here with this podcast as well as other things that you've mentioned uh to introduce that perspective and to introduce that voice and that accent and kind of familiarize um our listeners with that yeah so we wanted to add this in our eyes, new voice to this multitude of voices. And it's the voice that's in between, neither here nor there. So neither in Poland nor in the UK, somewhere somewhere there, but still very important because I'm sure that there's many, many people who will relate with that. But we thought that for, for this episode, 
we actually wanted to go back to to the where roots. we come from. <laughs> yeah, to the Why roots. Why are we here? How we ended up here? <laughs> because right? it's it's so we were talking about it, and it's, it's just we we're both really fascinated by these stories of. Why the hell would anyone decide to... Come to the UK. <laughs> to, <laughs> let's cut that out. <laughs> to, to leave their home and go to a different country. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible decision. And for most people, it's probably a milestone in their lives. That's why I find it fascinating. Like how, how, that, how you come to that decision to, to leave the comfort of home, of family, of friends, and go to a different country. Yeah. But okay, let's, so let's, uh, let me start with, with your story. So Anna, why the hell did you come to the UK? What, what brought you to, to the UK? Um, so short answer could be actually James Bond. <laughs> It's actually this a true story. <laughs> um, there's obviously a long story to that sh- short answer. Uh, it is actually James Bond, 1997, Golden Eye. Mm-hmm. I'm seven years old. I'm in love with Piers Brosnan in Golden Eye. <laughs> okay. And I think he's the... And I just... It's seven in Poland. I assume he's British. I know he's Irish. Sorry, Piers Brosnan. But I, I think he's just the most British person ever because James Bond is British and so this is just the best like the most uh, just the best guy and he was handsome yeah right <laughs> golden eye yeah. you know I remember actually doing like little cutouts in the uh, from magazines and just pasting them in notebooks of Piers Brosnan as James Bond yeah no Oh, I didn't know that. I actually don't know this story. This is so interesting for me because I'm actually finding this out for the first time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, what a great way to do it as well. Um, so then James Bond leads me to uh, everything else that's very British. So I just start watching all British dramas and British comedies and just falling in love with Britain. So I become this kid at the age of nine, telling my parents that I'm going to live in the UK. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, right, fine. <laughs> and I have this already, this big plan of going to um, a British high school, you know, research and everything. Eventually, I High school? Everything. Yeah. You wanted to I get was, to British high school? I was like, set to leave Poland as soon as possible. Because mm-hmm. I really want, like, I didn't like anything about Poland. I think it's just a rebel. Now I love, I love Poland. <laughs> I love both <laughs> the countries. Uh, but at the time, I think it was a like rebel in me. I always wanted to do things my way. And I was just, I didn't want to follow the path. I wanted to leave and do my, have my own path mm. in the UK. And and that kind of, that love for the UK and its culture and language is deepened and deepened. And I studied the language quite like intently. I, I was that kid and it's really geeky and sad, perhaps pathetic. But uh, <laughs> I was that kid... Uh, being away on holiday with my parents on the beach studying English, like literally pulling in my exercise Oh my book. God, I was exactly the same. Yeah. in Croatia and revising my my vocab. It's just right? so crazy. Yeah, like memorizing all the words. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So mm-hmm. completely obsessed. And then I watch Live Forever, which is a documentary about Britpop. And that is one of... That was... At the time, probably still is one of the most British things I've ever seen on television. And I was just like, okay, that's me. That's like, this is the most British thing. 
therefore mm-hmm. I love it and I got into all these bands and in that time I traveled to the UK for language courses so I had a bit of more exposure and was fortunate enough to kind of be able to do that and I remember coming to Hastings for the first time and thinking that's home like this is it to like, Hastings yeah in 2004 when I was 14 and I was like convinced like that's this is where I belong this is where I'm gonna live and then high school didn't um happen it was just I, I kind of I thought I would like to spend I kind of had this realization of I'm gonna be away from home forever mm-hmm. once I leave I leave yeah um so I like to give myself those three years with my parents mm-hmm. and like my family Mm. Um, so I decided to stay but as soon as mm. high school was over like I reset I did my language tests everything I was ready to go and I went so mm. it was my deep deep love for the UK since James Bond so thank you Peter Brosnan <laughs> I'd be here without you <laughs> so you actually wanted to come to the UK from the age of seven yeah. years obsessed old obsessed with the country literally collecting packs of like Walker's crisps mm-hmm. with my friend and oh my god this like, is literally obsessed like buying overpriced enemy in, in um, like a bookstore in Empeak and uh, that's okay. I, I, I didn't even know that walkers were because in Poland walkers are lace right lace so yeah. yeah so you, you actually knew oh yeah that walker like lace is walkers in, in the UK yeah yeah and I had no idea I really obsessed oh with them <laughs> yeah because we don't have them, do we? We still don't have so many crisps. Maybe uh-huh. we should have actually an episode on crisps. On crisps. That's, uh, whole different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I yeah. remember having like little, actually keeping mm-hmm. rubbish, litter. I kept litter, like like religiously pinned to the... I have a union flag in my childhood bedroom in my house. I, and, I'm, and I'm, that, I'm that sounds speechless that's, when you say <laughs> That sounds bizarre. Uh-huh. And probably like quite nationalistic, but I, th- I guess I was like a British national whilst being Polish. Mm-hmm. We, I supported a British football team. I'm not gonna name it so I don't aggravate anyone. Great enemies, <laughs> exactly. But I supported a British football team passionately for years. So yeah, it was all very very big thing. Well, but you know, like now you that you say that story, it makes so much sense. Because when I met you, and that's a whole different story of how we were in the same class and we never met for yeah for a year and didn't know that we were Polish. But so when I when I find finally met you, I actually really felt that oh my god, this girl, she's been here for as long as I have, but you were so British already. Like, everything was so British about you. And I even remember this point um, when on Facebook, I think you changed your surname to Anna Smith. And I was like, yes, of course. Like, it makes so much sense that she's, you know, like, she's obviously completely identifies with with the UK and everything that UK stands for. And, yeah, you you were just like a Brit. and, And you sounded like one as well. And you just really fit in. So... Well, obviously, I didn't know the story behind it and how you, how you came to it and how you developed that love for everything British. But it's, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I guess for me, it was, it always just felt, it always just felt right. Like it's always uh-huh. a good, you know. And actually quite, you know, because I'm sure we can discuss it in, well, we can, we'll be spending uh, our time on this podcast discussing this. 
by how that identity, that kind of almost like naive, childlike love for the country and uh, and that identity, because I kind of fully identified with this country. Mm-hmm. Um, not like maybe at the time feeling a bit of sh- ashamed, maybe not ashamed. But maybe also, I think, there's Eastern European shame that I think yeah. you could discuss yeah, as well exactly. at some other point. Um, but it was kind of unquestioned, and that was kind of very kind of just pure and, you know, uh, a huge part of my identity. And actually, that has been questioned ever since, and it's been kind of tested through different scenarios, different things that have happened, and I'm sure we can explore that as well, where actually from that kind of very British teenager that Mm -hmm. I felt I was maybe not but I felt that way I've reached the point where I'm truly neither here nor there I'm foreign Mm -hmm. and actually create that foreign identity and um, just kind of retrieve that term from Mm -hmm. being so negative yeah into something really positive Mm mm-hmm how that kind of identity to be moulded. Yeah. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because we can discuss this uh, later stage. Mm-hmm. But tell me, Anita, why you came to the UK. You <laughs> found yourself in Cardiff 10 years ago. Exactly, 10 years ago. It's, it's incredible, actually. Yeah, this September is going to be 10 years. Yeah. I think 21st of September. I will have been here for 10 years. Well, my story is very different and it's it's great that they are so, so different because my story is almost accidental and it's, I realize this only now. Um, when I say accidental, I mean that I never dreamt of living in the UK. I never thought I would live in the UK, but I always thought that I would live in a foreign country. And I couldn't name that country. So, and I don't, I don't even know when that feeling um, started in me. But I just remember feeling like, yeah, obviously it makes sense that I will not live in just one country for the rest of my life. Like there's so much more to explore. That it, it was so clear to me. It was so clear to me that I, I think it never even occurred to me to articulate it to anyone. So I don't know whether it came as a shock to my parents when I told them that, yeah, obviously I want to live and study in, the, in a different country. But I think it was, it, it must have been a little bit of a shock. But I guess um, a very important uh, element of my story was the fact that I started uh, studying English probably more intensely than an average Polish teenager. <laughs> So when I went to uh, middle school, uh, which at the time was called gymnasium in Poland. <laughs> uh, so when I went to gymnasium... And it's not a gym. It, and it's not a gym. It's, it's a type of school. Uh, so I went, when I went to, let's call it a middle school, I, um, I started taking extra English lessons. And I, um, I found this teacher. She was actually really well known in our... A little, very little town. So uh, she w- she was known as the best English tutor. So I went to uh, have classes with her, and uh, it, she was just she she is an extraordinary person. She is just she is different. And growing up in a small town in Poland, where everybody kind of like try I guess tries to be very 
similar and it just mm. fit in. I was drawn to her because she was so different. And I always felt like I don't want to be like everybody else. I dressed different. I felt like I was thinking in a different way and I was thinking bigger than my peers. Mm. And I just really related with her because she was thinking uh, in her, she had her own way in terms of everything, cooking, dressing, talking, thinking, everything. So she was, I guess she was my kind of like a role model in a way. And she had a very British accent. <laughs> so she had lived in Britain at some point of her education. Um, and she, I guess, subconsciously or not, she started instilling some of, I don't know, maybe the British values or maybe she was just teaching me about the British culture without even me realizing that that much. And um, either way, it got to the point that she would always encourage me to think bigger and not limit myself. And she always wanted me to study abroad. And, and I always wanted to study abroad. But I, I think that naturally she directed me towards Britain. At the same time, um, my, my friend's friend was taking classes from her as well. And she was doing, basically, she was like encouraging all the kids that she was teaching to go abroad and explore and think bigger, do bigger things. So that girl, uh, under, under her encouragement, she went to live in the UK. And so she was one year ahead of me. So when I was uh, choosing my universities, that friend of mine and also a, um, uh, a pupil of, of my tutor, she was already studying in the UK, in Cardiff. In Cardiff, okay. In Cardiff, right. yeah. Right. So, okay. so I, I, I actually, like, I had access to that person who's already, like, who's done that thing that I'm probably going to do. So I remember definitely considering very seriously going to a British university, but I guess I doubted it. I, I doubted that I would be able to get in and um, it got to the point that actually it was already, um, I only have, I think, half a year left till end of high school. And it was time to apply for universities in the UK. But I didn't realize because I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go, but I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm good enough. It's half that. a year late, earlier, isn't it? Earlier. It's like six months. That's probably... Six months. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't realize. So basically, it's beginning of December and that girl comes back from her, uh, from her, on her holiday at university. She comes back to Poland and we meet and, and she asks me, so have you applied? And I go well no I haven't but there's still time right she was like no the application closes like in a few weeks time because I think it was like beginning of Fifth, January beginning of January yeah or mid-January yeah. or something so she goes like no you have to apply you've got like only two three weeks left but you have to do it please do it so I was like okay I'll just give it a go and and so I ended up doing all the applications very last minute I actually didn't realize how much work it involved but I did it I submitted it and I just thought well okay so I guess I've applied and if I get a place I'll go but if I don't get a place I won't um, and I got a place so a few months later I found out that I got a place and um, I was accepted at 
Cardiff University. I don't think I was accepted at any other university, or maybe Swindon. I think. Oh I my think, god! Yeah, I think wow. it was between Gross. Swindon and Cardiff. Yeah. Wow. Girl. <laughs> yes. You truly I saved was yourself. So, I know. Like na- and, no offense and, to anyone living in Swindon. But. So this is interesting. This like it, now when I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Well, the interesting thing is that I so. Okay, I'm at the point when I'm I've ex- I've been accepted to a British university. It happened to be Cardiff and I think Swindon. Um, and I'm like, okay, so I'll just go. Um, well, I guess I'll go to Cardiff. <laughs> I oh, had, so you had no idea? I had no idea. But Cardiff or Swindon themselves, like you didn't kind of think. No freaking idea. Wow. Where Cardiff was? Because I even at that time, I, I don't think I was using like Google Maps. I didn't know what like. I didn't even know geographically. I knew it somewhere in the UK. I actually we didn't know. to anyone who's Welsh. <laughs> it's pure so ignorance. much. I, yeah, this ignorance. And it's like ignorance is like, is a curse and a blessing. To be honest though, <laughs> if you spoke to anyone in the UK about Lublin, uh. for example, or if I spoke about Rzeszów, which are two biggest towns kind of closest to us. Yeah. No one would have a clue. So I think, you know, I think it's fair if an 18-year-old from Poland has no idea where Cardiff is. I think that's, we can allow that. I think that's, that's acceptable. Yes, that I agree with that. But but lucky for you then... that you didn't actually have a because I was, yeah, that was close. That was... But I actually, I, I had not researched Cardiff. I knew I was, I was moving my entire life to Cardiff. I had not typed Cardiff into Google search even once before I went. This is this is the the, the thing that astounds me. That I was so uh it was probably a combination of like excitement and definitely naivety and ignorance. Yeah, ignorance is the, the biggest one. Mm. I'd like I'd like it not to be, but I'm sure it's the biggest one. But I had not done any research. You were just adventurous. Just went for it. I love that. Stupid. I, something that I researched <laughs> for nine years. Although I didn't want to go to Cardiff. So ah. that was like my third choice, mm-hmm. I think. So, so oh, see, yeah, I kind but, of ended okay. up in Cardiff by accident. So so you see the difference between us? You actually researched. Like, you had choices. Like had, You had, had choices. ranked choices. I had right? ranked choices. I thought very clearly about my choices. I knew exactly... <laughs> You know, I like my first place was very Edinburgh. Edinburgh. I, like, I was determined to get into Edinburgh, uh-huh. and I truly believe that Scotland is just not meant for me because I've been. I wanted to go to Scotland, mm-hmm. like for the last probably ten years almost, mm-hmm. beginning with that initial, you know, BA, and and I just couldn't. It was just, I never had an opportunity to, mm-hmm. and then I ended up in Cardiff, and then I ended up in London. I never wanted to come to London, and I ended up in London. So mm-hmm. for all the research that I've done, and all the kind of really over planning, because that's what I do. I plan things, I mm-hmm. organize things. Yeah. Um, those two moves were quite spontaneous mm-hmm. and outside of my control. Yeah, and, and so for me, I I had been to the UK. Before I moved to the UK, I had been to the UK once on, I think, a week trip. Maybe it was 10 days. It was a language course. So, and I actually came mm. to London, and I really liked London. I, I actually I, fell in love with I London. I London when I first came to London. That's the thing. Like, I love London when I first came here when I was, I think I must have been 16 at the time. 
And so when I was, that was my only visit to, to the UK. And then I went to live in Cardiff and I had no idea where I was going. And like, I was on the plane for the first time. And then somehow I remember just crying the whole time because I was really happy before, probably it was maybe the last few days before I left that it hit me that, oh my God, I'm actually leaving my entire family and my friends, the safety. And then I, I was a little bit sad. And then on the way there on the plane to London, I just cried the whole time. And then on the bus, I don't remember the bus drive at all because I was crying as well. I remember the smell of the bus, but I don't remember the, the, the drive itself. And then, so like, this like hours and hours and hours of crying. And then I remember this moment of driving into Cardiff and feeling this relief. I honestly remember that, it, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that it, it had been cloudy, and then like the like, beams of sunshine started coming <laughs> through the clouds, and like they broke Welcome. the clouds. Yeah, there was like Cardiff, like, and sunshine in Cardiff, like, yeah, right, how little did I know about uh, yeah. <laughs> sunshine in Cardiff? But it felt like, I, I, this is the thing I really remember so vividly. I, I remember thinking to myself, this feels like home and it was such a beautiful feeling to have after all this like emotional journey and crying and everything coming into a completely new place and feeling like oh my god this this, I can feel this place welcoming me and accepting me and I just that really that was very powerful for me because I was in the right mindset I wasn't like, oh my God, this is like, this is the end of my life in Poland. And like life is ending. No, it was the opposite. It was like, this is a fantastic beginning. Something good is going to happen. And obviously from, from, from there, like there, there was good and bad moments, but that mindset and this, this very good feeling that I had in those first moments in Cardiff, it was incredibly important for me. And it, it, that kind of like, it frames for me my whole life in Cardiff because I ended up staying for five years, my, uh, my university and a little bit longer after graduation. But that whole, it just, the whole period of, of me living in Cardiff is a positive one. I feel the same. I only yeah. had two years, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. I had the same yeah, it was always home. I think it always will be home. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's always it's almost more home than London is. And still, I, I always come back to it as home. Mm-hmm. There's always that London's just too big. Like London, I love London, and I found home within it. Mm-hmm. But it's not that feeling of home that mm-hmm. I'm just. This is like I'm there, and I can feel completely like almost like with family. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to foreignness. And I only wanted to kind of dig into your first experiences. You know, arriving in the UK, you're this little foreigner person, mm-hmm. right? Uh, probably with a very heavy accent and kind of probably not very kind of still being clumsy with language because languages, people kind of forget that. And it's always, you know, <laughs> one of our favorite things. And you, an immigrant can hear is, uh, oh, your English is very good. Yeah. Great compliment. Great yes. compliment. You know, uh, we can discuss. We should definitely discuss that. Your yeah. English are very good. Yeah. Because uh, it still happens, and it's just astounding. Just like, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so you're a little foreigner. You know, you still like find your way with language because there's knowing language and there's living 
with language and mm-hmm. being with a like a living language yeah with people around and mm-hmm. also in the Welsh context with uh, uh, people from Wales with the that accent with their ways of speaking with words that yeah. are kind of very kind of um, I guess specific to Cardiff or specific to South Wales yeah um, what were your experiences how foreign did you feel I actually I would say that I didn't it I wasn't thinking about it that much and I don't know whether that was because I wasn't feeling very foreign or whether whether it was it wasn't just crossing my mind like same with Cardiff like maybe I should google the time I'm going to live it you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing so I don't I don't know I didn't I definitely didn't feel very foreign uh, but the thing that helped was that Cardiff and Cardiff University definitely is a very multicultural place so I was um, I was living in student halls and I was living with a girl from Germany China Malaysia uh, Germany slash uh, Azerbaijan I want to say uh, and one British girl so there was everybody was from a, from and, and me from Poland everybody was from a different country and we grew really close and I that that was my group of friends that I used to hang out with one of the things I my so my again my my English tutor from my uh, hometown um, her name is by the way Pani Kasia um, Pani Kasia she insists Pani means um, Miss, yeah, miss. Um, and ever since, like, she, for years, she's been insisting that I don't call her Pani, Miss Kasia anymore. That I just call her by her name because, like, we're not that, like, we're we're pals now. And also, I'm living in the UK, and nobody uses Miss and Sir uh, unless in very specific situations. So she was like, "Please start calling me that." But I still Pani Kasia, Pani Kasia, Miss Kasia. Um, so she had warned me, like she kind of like drilled into my brain that you should not hang out with Polish people, not from any, like, it, it wasn't mean. She just, she was trying to, um, to make sure that I would really immerse myself in the culture and in the language, because it's quite easy when you, you come to a different country and you're a little bit maybe scared or you're not confident to just get yeah. drawn to your Absolutely. to to the the language that you know the people that you know so she was like please let, j- just try not to hang out with the Polish people for some time at the beginning that's what I was telling myself like really ah, okay into my own <laughs> yeah so I was on a mission maybe that's why we didn't meet until like two years later because I was on a mission not to encounter anyone from Poland yeah I was not interested and I was so excited for my life in the UK and everything British that I haven't even fully explored yet. And yet everyone, and that was my little bit of foreign experience of everyone mm-hmm. kind of reminding me from like, oh, but, oh, but you know, you can just join this and you can join that. And we're just going, no, I'm not going to join this uh-huh. and join that. So it's funny how that, yeah. yeah. So I didn't have any Polish friends until I met you. Uh-huh. I didn't know anyone Polish. I uh, I had one Polish friend, uh, Agata, I guess. She was in, in our in our class. Spanish Don't class, so, yeah. but uh, it, she wasn't really my friend. Like she was like a, per, a Polish person that Rude, I knew. Anita. <laughs> Rude. Like I'm sure she would say the same thing. We just we knew each other, 
but we like she hanged out I, I guess she had a similar mindset she wanted to she was always hanging out with like Italians I think because she was really into Italian anyway so we were not really firm like hanging out together there was another guy that I met accidentally on the first day when I arrived he happened to be Polish as well we just went to Lidl together once that was it that was, and then that's beautiful that's a beautiful beautiful story. <laughs> yeah it could have been something but it wasn't um and then I think that was it as well I don't oh no and obviously sorry and Ola Ola was the the girl who was already studying in Cardiff she was the one who okay. came to Cardiff right. first and so yeah so she was my only Polish friend and we used to hang out not super a lot but again because she had been educated by Pani Kasia Miss Kasia and she had exactly the same mindset of like I'm not hanging out with the Polish people I, I like I'm I'm trying to expose myself to other cultures the British culture the British language um, so we would hang out together but like if we were around we would very often be around other people as well especially my flatmates were really really welcoming we had loads of um like little parties together and all I would come but like we would speak in in English and we loved speaking I loved speaking in English I remember that feeling of being like so proud and so happy that I can construct these sentences and and like you said, like people would would tell me like, wow, your English is so good. And I would feel this pride and I would want to speak more and more and more. So for me, it was such pleasure to speak in English and to to be getting better at it that I, I just wanted to keep doing it. And she was the same. But apart from that, I didn't have much Polish influence. Um, and yeah, like coming back to, to, your, to your original question... I don't think I, I felt like a foreigner just because of that environment that I was in that allowed me to... I, I guess I was a foreigner, but everybody else that I was meeting was a foreigner. I wasn't really in, yeah. in a very um, British-dominated um, environment because possibly because I was studying languages. So I was yeah. actually... My degree was Spanish. So I came yeah. to the, the UK, to Wales... To study Spanish in English. Same, yeah, Spanish and German. Uh, yeah, my degree, so you... initial degree, that I quit. So that's not much of a story there. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I guess that your, what what was your feeling like? What was your impression? Um, well, I felt at they're just completely at home and super comfortable, mm. and and it those were one of the best years of my life. Those two years, mm-hmm. and with just friends from all over the place, I didn't feel foreign at all. Uh, at the time, but I remember, for example, there's one experience of being in the uh, on the train to through the Welsh Valleys to mm-hmm. uh, up there on the valley to where he lived, and everyone on that train was Welsh, mm-hmm. everyone, and I remember feeling so foreign at the time mm-hmm. because everyone was like there was not even an English person, uh-huh. and and now I know that. An English person would feel equally as foreign being on that train, uh-huh. and I get off the train, and everyone is Welsh, and slightly, and you know, you know that the Welsh are one of the most lovely people mm-hmm. and welcoming, and I never felt unwelcome in any way in Wales, um, but it was just that kind of fun experience of really standing out. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of experience of anyone 
an odd one out in the crowd, mm-hmm. whether it's your skin, whether it's your religion, if it's visible, mm-hmm. I guess, and or whether it's your accent or whether it's you stand out because mm-hmm. everyone else is. So that's like really the one experience that uh, that stuck with me that just felt odd. Mm-hmm. And ever since I've always felt really much more at home in uh, multicultural environments. Yeah. Oh my God, this is so true. It's so true that I also feel, and I don't know whether that was um, as a result of those first experiences in the UK, in that very multicultural cultural, um, environment that we were in, that that feeling started of, of me just feeling so comfortable in that. But I, I, now I know, as I'm learning a lot more about myself um, as a person, this is definitely one thing that I know for sure, that I thrive in multicultural environments. This is the best environment environment for me to be in. So, um, yeah, but it's, when you, were, when you were talking about that one experience of feeling foreign, um, I was thinking that it's interesting how maybe like we don't carry that like foreignness in ourselves, but it's something that kind of happens depending on your circumstances or depending on the environment that you're in like if you're if you are that old one out then all of a sudden you feel like yeah, oh yeah. actually maybe i am a bit foreign like i didn't i didn't feel that before and then you go back to that other environment yeah in a way it's very arbitrary isn't uh-huh. it it's yeah. quite like it's completely artificial mm-hmm. that concept that uh, yeah, that kind of that construct of foreignness. Yeah, it's like really sometimes you could think like, well, what is foreign? Obviously, and then it's like you could talk about it for hours. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I think it's always in relation to the events of people around you. Uh huh. Yeah, I guess. Only now, actually, I I do have some time. Like when I when I think about myself now, though, I feel yeah. I guess like. I do feel in between. So I, I know that I am foreign in a way, but I also belong. I belong here, but I don't fully belong. But I like I know I'm definitely Polish. But Pol I know I'm I f- like I feel po- very Polish. maybe not very Polish. I feel Polish when I'm in the UK and I feel foreign or like someone that doesn't quite belong when I'm in Poland. So that's, yeah. and that for mm. me now, that has become constant. Yeah, more and more so. Yeah, you're completely in the, yeah, in limbo. Yeah, so it's irrespective of, pretty much irrespective of, of where I am, like even in, in London, where, and it's like, it's obviously, it's such a mixture of everything, cultures as well. Even when I when I live here, yeah, I, now I started carrying a bit of that feeling of like, yeah, I'm I'm a Polish girl living in in the UK in London, and when I go back to Poland, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a I am a Polish girl, but I definitely not I'm definitely not that Polish. And you just do you feel like you end up being slightly judged on both sides? I think that's a very kind of like we say that like very peacefully as we're just discussing this and it's mm-hmm. a very interesting topic but it's like not a comfortable place to be in 
And I feel mm. like it's a it's a very interesting place to be in. I think mm-hmm. it can lead you to very many uh, interesting creative explorations. Yeah. But in itself, it's not a very comfortable place. So, for instance, I was uh, producing a music video, mm-hmm. actually managing a music video, um, about two years ago. And it's something I trained in, uh, did my master's in, and vaguely had a you know good understanding of you know low level kind of in terms of budget, production management, and I went well I went to Poland uh, to do that, and every single step was different, mm-hmm. and I've never been an adult in in uh, in Poland in yeah in Poland uh-huh. I've never been I've never done banking I've never done taxes I've never done bills i've never done any of it in poland i was just a kid and i left and i've grown up here mm-hmm. so i've never worked in poland so i went back and and i got so confused constantly about everything about the vat and about um after tax and before tax and invoices <laughs> and everything was different and and i kind of so I, for a second, I tried. Well, for, for a while, I tried to kind of hold my ground and go, "Look, this is how I do it because that's how I've always done it." And, and you can't help but say, "In the UK, we do it that way." In the way of explanation, it's like, yeah. "Please forgive me, but that's how I've been taught." In the UK, people got so sick of me saying that. Yeah. Of we don't care what you do in the UK, and it's like, I don't know what else to tell you. This is like this is complete black magic to me. I have no yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. And it was really stressful experience because it was completely different, and no one really wanted to know that I would work in a different way. The Poles live in the UK are almost a different, like the nation in, in themselves. Yeah, like we are, we understand each other. Mm-hmm. We speak slightly different language because because <laughs> it's only in the UK that we can fully ponglish and feel <laughs> good about it. Because I go back to Poland. And I don't remember a lot of words. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of snobbery or I'm just kind of trying to be so English. Literally cannot remember the words. And I could just stand there, try and remember them, or I could just replace them quickly and carry on with my conversation. And yeah. in Poland, I try to make an effort and don't be that and not be that person. Mm-hmm. When I'm speaking with you, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of, we can do certain things and we can talk about certain things that I feel like the British, not to kind of be, because I'm throwing a lot of like the British and the Polish and, you know, kind of putting people in groups and generalizing, but as a generalization, I feel like our British friends won't be able to understand us mm-hmm. and our Polish friends won't be able to understand us in the, those living in Poland. And we're almost having this group mm-hmm. of... Honglish men and women uh, with very unique experiences to each other and very kind of understanding and I think it would be an interesting group I think an interesting group to explore yeah definitely and uh, I think this is a really nice um, a really nice moment to 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 wrap up this episode um, because in a Ponglish way yeah Ponglish and like in the in this um, yeah this is it's something that we will like already now I feel like there's oh my god there's so many more topics that we can discuss within this and this kind yeah. of like I really like what you said about um like we are almost like a different nation so, and like this is exactly how I feel like I'm not yeah we're, we're just in between but we we understand each other but we know that someone from Poland 
who hasn't lived abroad specifically in the UK would not understand like the probably like maybe the way we think or sometimes even the way we speak so and it's not it's I'm not saying this in a in a negative way this is just a matter of fact like we are slightly different so um yeah I think this is a, a a good moment to we we've started uncovering so many other topics which we will come back to in the next Absolutely. episodes. And I think the we'll, yeah. language and the dialects and the different way of thinking and uh, maybe even like judgment, like so many things we, we can talk about. Absolutely. I think we'll be a part of that Polish identity. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd like to just stress that I think it doesn't just limit itself to Polish identity. And I think yeah. for anyone who's foreign in the UK, we hear... Mm-hmm. We're foreigners in the UK, and there's a whole community of shared experience, I think, shared problems, shared opinions, uh, etc. So, uh, I think I'd like to just uh, stretch that invitation to to anyone who is not Polish, but uh, maybe is not even foreign. Maybe has just friends that are foreign living in the UK. Mm-hmm. But there's so much within. I guess you know that identity encapsules mm-hmm. and uh, and so much that we can explore and hopefully we can explore that in the later episodes yeah so um thank you for listening thank to, you for listening to this episode and we have so much more to talk about so uh we can't wait to meet you in the next episode yes yeah thanks a lot see you bye <laughs>